Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. So Brian, we just had a fantastic conversation with Chris Zoller, Director of Marketing and Product Development at Everlast Worldwide. And it's one of the most enjoyable that I had because Chris gets it. He understands engagement and content. It's really cool. They, he, they really understand what they're doing from a marketing perspective with engagement and content and they're scaling that. The other interesting part to me is that they're going to be one of the first companies in the fighting and boxing space to add technology in to a sport that's been around for so long and hasn't really changed in decades, that's going to be very interesting to watch out for. I'd like to welcome Chris Zoller, Director of Marketing and Product Development at Everlast Worldwide to the Sports Marketing Huddle. So Chris, I love boxing and I also love MMA. Uh, let's talk about the fight for attention, boxing versus MMA, because right now the UFC is huge. And I feel like there's a lot of fans out there that want to love boxing, but it's not loving us back from an attention standpoint. So from where you are, how do you see boxing versus MMA from an attention standpoint? Well, I mean, for us, it's hard to compare, you know, because we're passionate about both. You know, we consider ourselves um, a fight sports company. Um, and that's something that, you know, we've been a fight sports company for over 100 years. Um, obviously, boxing is is our heritage, is our roots. Um, but MMA is something that is um, fairly new for us. We started making a conscious effort um, in about 2008 to establish more of a of a presence in the in the MMA space. Um, but you know, it's hard to compare the two for us because they're both really really important to our brand. You know, I could say that the demographics tend to be a little bit different. You know, so in in boxing. Um, you know, it does skew a little bit older. Um, there's also a different crowd of people entirely that follow the sport. You know, we the sports are, although they share quite a bit of similarities, they are very different fundamentally. Um, so we respect that and we market to each as appropriate. So, Chris, um, obviously, Everlast has such a legacy, and I think people know it very well as a you know a boxing glove company as it's, as a primary. At least, if you probably went out on the streets and pulled people in general. What is it like marketing today with a brand that has, you know, that is such an icon of sport while continuing to have that legacy, but also push it into new places? What does that look like in 2017? Yeah, so for us, it comes down to content, you know, so we're big into telling stories. And what we try to do is with these stories that we're trying to tell, we try to earn the right to sell to product to a market. Um, and earning a right, I mean, just by earning trust. Um, so it is, um, it's something that's unique, right? So a big goal of ours is just to maintain or grow our market share in, in boxing, but we're also still establishing our, our right to sell product to the MMA community. Um, so for us, it's all about being, you know, authentic and we really, care about both sports so it's something that we try to um we try to make that come across in every piece of communication that we do chris when you say when you know you say i like the way that you said that like we want to have the right to sell in these different communities when you say that are you talking about you know building up the brand equity and really getting people to trust that the brand does what it says it's going to do before you just try to make an actual sales transaction is that what that means yeah, 100%. So, you know, and again, it goes back to the content. So um, we we try to, um, 
when we're building out our content strategy, we try to have our content fit in either one or two buckets, um, one being educational um, and the other being entertaining. So, and most of that, it may not even be content that helps drive a sale right then, um, but the importance to us is building trust with our consumers. Um, so whether it be through content that's educational, that helps somebody achieve something, or it just simply entertains them. You know, it, it gives them a source of content that they can go and, you know, f find information like news and things like that. So Chris, what are your thoughts on podcasting and live video when it comes to content? Well, I mean, I think it's, um, it's, not, it's the now, right? It's, it's the future. I think, you know, consumers change the way they consume content almost daily. You know, for, so today it, it may be, you know, podcasting and, and Twitter and Instagram. We look at all of these channels as more of like tools for us to um, communicate through. Um, so podcasting for us, it's, it's important. So about a year ago, we made a conscious effort to not only advertise more in, in podcasts, but also build out our own podcasting network. So we built out uh, what we call Team Everlast Podcasting Network. Right now we have five shows that we produce and market. Um, five shows meaning, um, you know, we have a show on boxing, a show on strength and conditioning. We have a fitness show. We have an MMA show. Um, we have a few more launching down the road, but for us, it's um, it's building out unique content. Again, I, I keep going back to this term, but it's something that's really important to us. So, if our community is um, is consuming content via podcasts, then we're making sure that we're delivering that. Chris, I, I think that it's really fascinating that you as a brand directly has gone down the podcast route, especially having multiple shows. I know that you guys even built out a studio here in New York to make that happen and facilitate it. I'm curious, since you've started this, um, what, are, what are the successes and what are maybe some of the challenges of using that as a piece of branding and marketing and storytelling? Yeah, so we look at it a few ways. I mean, I, I guess first I'll start with the successes. Um, first, we're we're proud that we've built out these podcasts in general. So for us, success is just, we like to call it just building cool shit. So we have five shows uh, that are live right now. Um, and whether or not they get great download numbers, which they all do and they all are growing quickly, uh, the success for us is building out um, something that's new for us and building out relationships with people that we didn't have before. So that's a big piece of how... Um, how we try to market is just through building great relationships with people and podcasting has given us an opportunity to have these conversations with people um, on a regular basis and get to tell our story and you know in all of these shows they they aren't hosted by an Everlast employee um, they're hosted by somebody who is respected in in their respective space um, but we're a creative partner for them um, and so what that means is we'll do some reads on the show for advertising and things like that. Um, but for us, a big piece of it is just the relationships and the content. So all of the content that is um, produced through these shows, it gives us a, it gives us different pieces of content that we could share through our social media channels. Um, we made a conscious effort about two years ago to build out a, a website that was entirely focused on content. So it wasn't only about um, about direct sales and, and that side of the business. Um, we call this Team Everlast. So if you go to our website, we also have an app that you could download to consume this. Um, but I, I would say, just going back to the success, our biggest win has been the relationships that we've built because of the show. So 
with relationships and content comes community. How important is the community that you guys are building to the sustainability of your brand? You know, so that's almost the most important thing. So the, the content is great. The relationships with people within our networks are great. But it doesn't mean anything unless we're connecting with people um, and connecting with people who believe in the same things that we do. So w we say that expression a lot here internally with our teams. Um, but, you know, we really look at this whole thing kind of like a like a campfire, right? So you have a campfire, you have your friends sitting around the campfire. You may have, you know, somebody telling stories. You may have somebody playing music. Um, the content is this is the music is the stories um, and you know the campfire is just a place to bring all these people together and build out great relationships that last um, last a long time so you know I, I said this in the beginning but you know this is all earning the right to sell in the market you know it's building out content that brings people together um, and it connects us with a community of people that we can build relationships with that will and hopefully be an extension of our brand Chris, I'm going to take this in a little bit different direction because I know that um, Everlast uh, partnered up with a company called Peak, which is um, a wearable te technology type of a company where at CES you guys launched the partnership where you're putting technology in boxing gloves to measure impact and velocity and all sorts of other data, which has never happened in the sport. And it's somebody like myself who's endurance sports, running, cycling, triathlon, etc., where there's always been so much data for so long. This is the first time we're seeing this kind of data come into the you know fighting sports and specifically boxing. Tell me a little bit about that because that's very fascinating. Yeah, so you know, if you look at us as a company, we're over a hundred years old. So with that comes, you know, the opportunity always to do things that are cool enough to make us appeal to a younger audience and not look like that hold on one hundred year old brand. You know, so our heritage is very important to us, but technology is a great way for us to um, modernize a lot of what we're doing. So not much changes on the equipment side when you think of boxing and MMA equipment. You know, it's gear that protects you. Um, we've invested a lot in the technology that goes inside of the gloves that help, you know, wick sweat better and improve airflow and things like that and protection for the athletes. But something that is, is unique and hasn't really done, been done yet is technology inside of that. Um, and wearable technology. So about a year and a half ago, we started looking for a partner to um, help us with that because we didn't have the expertise in-house yet. Um, and we partnered with a company called Peak to deliver that. So Peak is a really cool company that ba that makes accelerometer-based technology that goes inside of equipment. So they have, um, they have partnerships with um, other equipment manufacturers in different sports, for example, skiing and kite surfing. Um, and what they delivered from a hardware standpoint um, fit right in line with what we were looking to deliver, you know, as, as a company. So we partnered and built a, a piece of wearable technology that goes inside of gloves. Um, it transmits that data wirelessly via Bluetooth to a phone. So what you could do is you can record the data and look at it after a workout session. Or what you could do is your coach on the side of the ring or the cage, whatever you're doing the train, um, can look at the data real time and provide you with real time guidance to help you just perform better as an athlete. So it's something that we're super excited right now um, because it's something that's very new for us and it, it helps us talk to an audience that we don't generally talk to. 
So, Chris, um, the fascinating thing about this, and I'm curious on your take on this, because there hasn't really been any company that has decided to, you know, use technology to this level in these in fighting sports and spe- especially boxing. And we know that obviously MMA is, is on an upswing. Boxing is having a little bit more difficulty continuing to grow its fan base. Do you think technology like this, where not only obviously from a training perspective is it helpful, but do you think this technology eventually comes around to where I can be watching a match? and see how hard somebody is getting hit or receiving a punch or vice versa? Do you think that that technology eventually starts to change the sport or is it still too new to really make that judgment call? No, I think you're right on. Um, so, And it'll hopefully happen sooner than later. So I've had uh, many discussions recently with boxing promoters um, on just that, you know, to get this technology incorporated into the fight, you know, it may be a long time before it's used for judging, which is something that it could be very cool for. But right now it's, it's available and we can package it in a way that it could present data to the commentators. So the commentators could be talking about what's happening during the fight live. Um, It could also be something that contributes to, you know, like an on-screen visual um, that happens live as well. But there are many opportunities there that um, that is exactly one of the reasons why we wanted technology was to be able to uh, partner with broadcasters to bring that technology to help improve the sport of boxing from a fan perspective, you know, because it's something that, you know, it's very important for us, um, both in boxing and MMA, where a big goal of ours is to help the sports grow as well. So this is something that we feel could definitely find its way on air. Um, and if it does, you know, we'll, we'll be really excited to be the broadcast partner for that. Chris, is this something that could open up the doors to more casual fans or even female fans or group training? Because what I'm thinking about is right now I live in Chicago and all the soul cycles of the world where everyone's competing against each other or the group fitness things. And I know I've taken boxing classes in the past and wearable, whether it's Fitbit or anything, everyone loves to see where they are on a certain spectrum. Is this something that could help you guys reach a new demographic that you probably, or you may not be reaching right now? Absolutely. So, you know, when I say boxing, um, or MMA, I also talk to an audience that is beyond just a traditional boxing and MMA for competition. You know, so there's a whole legion of people who look at boxing and mixed martial arts as a great way to just burn calories. Um, and it's natural for humans to want to, one, compare themselves with others, and then two, is compete with people. So what we've done is we've made sure with Peak that we've incorporated um, features in the application that help both of those things happen. Um, the first being, you know, so you'll be able to compare yourself with a professional. So we have a great stable of athletes that are signed on to our roster. Um, what we're looking to do is, or what we have done is strap them up with the technology um, and look at the data that they're producing so we could package it in a way that when a consumer uses the technology as well, that they can compare themselves to the professional and we'll have leaderboards and friends lists and stuff built within the app. But then a second piece of that is, you know, obviously if this data is taken and broadcasted, you know, group exercise classes with broadcasted data on, on a television or projected on the wall um, could, is a really cool thing, you know, so it, it, it sort of helps build that atmosphere of a class and build, you know, a team environment, but also gives a little bit of competitive um, aspect to the, to the workout as well. So um, those are two things that within Peak um, and within the Peak app, th- those were central to the development of how that 
data is displayed and provided to the consumer. Well, Chris, um, I'm going to wrap it up here you know, with one last question, but I'm very excited. I can't wait to watch a first match or something where there's some data that we can see because it's so interesting when you watch any sort of fighting um, sports when it's you know, a punch or, or, a, or a hit or something may look hard, but was it really? There's such a difference. So I'm excited to see what that looks like and actually see some data behind it. Very, very cool. My, my last question is for, is for the audience here because what I find fascinating that, that you've done with Everlast is from a marketing perspective and, and a growing the company perspective, you decided, look, we don't have this technology in-house. We're not positioned to do that yet. But let's look for a partner who has that and partner up. And I think a lot of companies are afraid to think about that in a way of, look, let's find something that's complementary to what it is that we do so we can give greater value. What, what insight or value can you give to the audience that might, might be at a brand or a team or a company where they're just overlooking partnering with somebody to help expand their, their awareness and what they can do? So I think if, if you see an opportunity that is outside of what you're normally used to, you know, especially in the technology space, you know, you, you only get one shot at a first impression. So if you launch a piece of technology that isn't great right off the bat, um, you've lost quite a bit of trust. So I go back to that. I've mentioned this a few times during this, uh, this podcast that trust is really important to us. So one of the most important things for us when we're looking to enter a market that isn't um, historically what we're used to is we understand, you know, that we are not the best at everything. Um, but we always want to partner with the best if we're not. So the, it was something that was important to us when launching this device was partnering with a company that was established in the field and had a reputation um, and that had a reputation of delivering value for the end consumer that that helped us build that trust. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you coming on this sports marketing. Hello, I really dug the insight you just dropped on us. Well, awesome. It was It was a pleasure being on. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs>